Please listen carefully. And now, live from the attic that smells like a basement in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring four left feet performing a tango of trivia, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, it's our Christmas edition special. I don't know, it's not really special, it's just our Christmas edition. Holiday edition. So, yeah, Christmas edition. So, we decided, hey, we want to do something special for Christmas, and we like to reassume old properties. That is a thing we do, We call it reassumptions, and this is a a reassumption is when we look back at an old TV show or movie or anything, really. Mm-hmm. And we look at it again with older eyes and say, does this hold up? <laughs> does it? And we've had pretty good picks so far. I don't think we had any really duds where we were like, holy crap, I can't believe we ever liked this. But yeah. things have changed. We do we do reassess things. Yep. So we decided since it's its 25th anniversary of oh. the release of this holiday movie, yep. we decided to do... The Arnold Schwarzenegger property, Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way, 1996, 25 years ago. That's crazy. Yes. Yeah, so Jingle All the Way. What's Jingle All the Way? Jingle All the Way is a holiday movie released in November of 1996. <laughs> it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad in top billing. Yeah. It also has the great supporting cast of Phil Hartman, Rita Wilson, Robert Conrad, Jake Lloyd, Jim Belushi. Oh, I love it. And I also put Danny Woodburn in here because I love that guy. Of course. Mickey. Um, it was uh, directed by Brian Levant and produced by Chris Columbus. Oh, I did, okay. That makes it a little better because I saw Brian Levant and IMDb really only says he's most notable other than this for the Flintstones live action movie and Jackie Chan's Spy Next Door. Yeah. So that kind of gives you a hint on what you're getting uh, into. Problem Child, Beethoven, Flintstones. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Flintstones sequel, Snow Dogs, The Spy Next Door, and Metacritic has him rated as the fourth worst director ever. Wow, okay. Because he, let's see, his highest rated movie is Beethoven at 30%, and his lowest rated is Problem Child at 8%. Problem Child, yeah. That on makes Rotten a lot Tomatoes. Of sense. So he hasn't broken past 30% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, and Metacritic agrees the number four worst director of the 21st century. Interesting. I, now I want to know who's one, two, and three. So, <laughs> so this movie was inspired by the real-life Christmas toy sellouts from, like, the Cabbage Patch Kids, which I remember happening. Oh, I guess it, it was. Okay, I was It was years you, yeah. early. Okay. I don't remember exactly what year it was, but I specifically remember going... So where I grew up, the grocery store we went to was in the same shopping plaza as a toy store called Child World. Mm, okay. And so my mom would drag me to the grocery store, as would happen, because she was the one who had to watch me, so I would have to go to the grocery store. Yep. You know, I always get a little box of ammo crackers. It was a treat. <laughs> but anyway, I remember, that, you know, Child World would be next to there, and she uh, probably hated it because I always wanted to go in there, I'm sure. Uh-huh. But I specifically remember during the Cabbage Patch Kid craze, there being this, like, what's going on, Mom? Why is there this crazy line? Yeah. And the crazy line was there for Cabbage Patch Kid dolls, which I didn't care about because they were girls' toys yep. and I was a boy. Yep. Not saying that you can't play with stuff when you're the other gender. I'm saying at the time, I was all about G.I. Joe and Transformers and didn't care about Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah. I mean, girls were their target demographic for that. Yeah. I, but but that, do you know or recall if that was like the year they came out? Or no. Was it, the okay. Cabbage Kids, that was in the 80s. Yeah. Or something. I think it was more in the 80s. But there were like crazy things that went on. There was like riots and people fighting over toys. <laughs> I think it might have been the first time that ever kind of happened, which is why it kind of sparked, I guess, you know, it takes a while for it to come up through into media. So, Well, it's a generational thing, too, because I remember it, but it was for Tickle Me Elmo. Like, there was that one year where, like, that was, for some reason, the hot toy. And yeah. it was on the news, like, they're out everywhere. If you didn't buy one now, it's too late. And I think it's happened a few more times since then. But, like, it is a theme. Like, you got to have that special toy for Christmas. Yes. So, basically, this is about a guy going after a special toy. And when we do a reassumption, when we do movie things, we kind of just go, like, beat 
by beat. Sections kind of talk about the sections. And at the end, we will give our pizza rating, mm-hmm. which is out of eight slices of pizza, how many slices does it get? Eight is the best, of course. And we can add toppings to boost it up. I think an eight supreme with a dessert is probably <laughs> the best ever. Yep. We've never done that, really, I don't think. But. I don't think so. Maybe yeah. Brad with Black Widow, but I th- he was up there high. But yeah. I don't think we've done the full like full dinner platter for a movie. <laughs> Fisherman's Feast. Yes, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, well, before I start, Mikey, when did you see this, and what was your reaction at the time? Since we're reassuming it, we need to know what our our original assumption was. That's it. Uh, I did see. I do remember seeing this in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thirteen ish, so right in the wheelhouse for oh, yeah. like. Just young kid going to an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Mm-hmm. I was on board because I am an unabashed Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. Love Terminator, love Predator, love uh, Detective John Kimball from Kindergarten Cop. You know, so it's I, not the tumor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Detective John Kimball. I'm a copy idiot. So yeah, no, I saw this in the theater. I don't think I've seen it too many times since then. Maybe like high school, like friend group Christmas movie watching stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember enjoying myself. The theater, we didn't walk out. I mean, I think it was specifically designed with a 13-year-old boy in mind, so mm-hmm. it, yes. it was a good, I remember it being a good time. For me, I, uh, 96, I was in Georgia during the Olympics. There you go. This is where they were happening. I don't remember going to see this movie in the theaters, but I have seen this movie, and I couldn't tell you when, <laughs> but it was probably sometime in the late 90s. Gotcha. It was probably on TV, Yep. and I don't remember what I thought about it. It was one of those things where I started watching it going, have I seen this movie? And then I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen this movie. And then I was like, why haven't I seen mm, Well, I, I, don't, I can't remember if I liked it or not. Yeah, I, I think I might have been neutral on it. Or I might have been like, uh, this is some kid's movie. Because it's, it's very the, the kind of in the Home Alone world very of, much so. of things. So I would have been in like my early 20s or something. So it'd be like, whatever. And I think this was always a constant staple when like TBS did their like 30 days of Christmas movies or whatever. Yeah. This is always in there. Then I might have come across it there. I really don't. I remember watching it. I remember a lot of the beats in it, but I I don't remember when or where or how. (laughs) I really don't think I saw it in the theater, though. I will say, like, going back to it now, like, there's a lot more stuff that I don't remember. Like, I remember a lot of the beats that happened, like, that stuck in my brain as a kid, but there was a lot of, I was like, holy crap, this happens in this movie? I totally forgot. (laughs) All right, so we start out, this movie is, we, we basically start out with, we see what the big deal is. It starts off as this Christmas movie, but no, it switches quickly to they do that thing where it's, no, it's another movie. Like the, it's almost the beginning of Toy Stories. Yeah, exactly. It's it's whatever Andy was imagining at the time. But this is actually, we're seeing the Turbo Man TV show, I guess it is. It it seems like it's something along the lines of Power Rangers or something like that. It's kind of in that style yes and so we're dealing we get to see a scene from turbo man and him rescuing the president's son <laughs> from the bad guy dementor who's got a cool little brain helmet yeah yeah he's a helmet where you can see his brain but even even the henchmen just straight up almost look like power Rangers. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to see his and then and then we get to see like immediately you're like is that anakin skywalker <laughs> young young anakin skywalker yeah so it's jake lloyd Little Anakin Skywalker. Doing the kid thing, fighting along with the TV yeah, and going, Turbo Man, you're my favorite. All I can think of is <laughs> it's so, I mean, when you saw it for the first time, it was just this kid. Yep. But I can't, every time I see him, I'm just like, it's it, Anakin Skywalker. It's Anakin. <laughs> is he going to pod race in this one? Yeah. Is he going to spin? That's a neat trick. <laughs> I will say it was like, it's, it's, it's endearing. It's, see- it's so bummy. It bummed me. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, because it's hard not to recognize Jake Lloyd mm-hmm. now, just because of like one Star Wars, but then there was the whole like meta ness after outside of it, mm-hmm. and he quit acting and all that. But it's endearing to see him in this because he's a real good kid actor. Like he he has a little kid part. You know, he has to be mad when his dad disappoints him, and he has to yell and outburst like a kid. But he does a great job. It's never I, you never go oh they they picked this kid really. <laughs> But I want to do. I do want to say one thing about the intro. The whole like because Turbo Man is the focus of this movie. Yeah. He's like the coolest superhero of the time. He's Superman. He's Spider Man. He's Iron Man. He's all the, all the kids love him. The toy is sold out, obviously. 
it's interesting now going back because we are so spoiled by the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh-huh. and superhero movies of the caliber that are coming out now because now, like, it used to be, like, you could tell an action movie was done in the 70s based on, like, the car chases or, yeah, like, yeah. a certain horror movie was done in the 80s based on the effects. Now you, you can tell when a movie is, like, pre-MCU or post-MCU because <laughs> this is absolutely pre-MCU before they knew how to do anything right. Yeah. It's Power Rangers. It's cheesy. The costumes are bright and shiny and look like they're made out of two-millimeter plastic, you know. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. It's I enjoy it because that's what I grew up with, but it's like, man, Marvel just... They've changed the whole game. Mm -hmm, For sure. (laughs) So we get that's the intro, and that's all fine. i got no problems with that. It's a take on what was happening at the time. Then we go over to, we we get to meet the main character. We get to meet Arnold as the... Howard Langston. (laughs) It's so stupid. I've heard, I don't know if this is true. I didn't even bother to look it up, but I've heard that Arnold Schwarzenegger always insisted that they not make him like, Hans Langenstein in these movies, in all these movies. We have similar opinions, but yeah. In, in whatever movies he was, he's just like, I'm just your average Minnesotan, like, workaholic mattress salesman. I, I Not with that accent. I am sorry. I'm just an average. No, I am Howard Langston. What? Howard Langston? Remember, you're my favorite customer. <laughs> it's double time. Howard Langston. There's tons of movies where he does that that happens in, mm-hmm. where they it's like they don't change the name off the script and they never address it like they never like there's never a character that's like wait hey buddy where are you from it's like nope it's no, just I'm, no. I'm your everyday man living in minnesota it's, that just happens to wait lift weights and talk like an austrian i know i it must have been the name in the script and i swear i it just makes me think just seeing arnold in interviews and knowing what we know from the zeitgeist of arnold mm-hmm. I can see him going like, like, no, this is the character I am playing. I am Howard. I am I'm, Howard. I'm Howard Langston. I'm going to show how the good actor I am. I am Howard Langston. I'm Detective John Kimball. I'm a cop. Yeah, John Kimball, too, see? right? That's it. I mean, it just, it drives me, it's so silly. I, it's I, so silly. I guess. And they're not being silly to be funny for the movie. No, not at all. It's yeah. some weird Arnold Schwarzenegger thing or something. I mean, yes. Hey, guess what? We had a neighbor who was from Austria. Okay. It can happen. Yeah, yeah. You can meet people in America <laughs> who are from another country and live and work here. So his name could be, you know, Hans Langenstein there you or go. whatever. Yep. And he could have an American wife because guess what? The Austrian I know is married to an American. There you go. And they have a kid and that kid doesn't sound, sounds American too. So <laughs> everything will work fine. Why are you Howard Langston? Silly. <laughs> Just to stand up for a little bit, because I, like I said, I'm a huge Arnold fan. It's crazy to go back to it now because he gets away with stuff like that. Like, he really shouldn't be Howard. He really shouldn't be a mattress salesman. But he was such a big movie star that he's like, okay, we're going to let Arnold do this. And he always sticks out, like Kindergarten Cop, this movie, all the non-action movies. It's always like, you're not going to even like try an accent that's different from yours? Like, Yeah, but in Kindergarten Cop, the only problem was the name. He's believable as a cop. True. Yeah, I love that. True. You know, the, uh, that that a uh, mattress salesman <laughs> who was like who's just overbuilt mattress salesman, That's like it. who works so much he can't spend enough time with his family. So is he just like working and going to the gym? That's, and that's why he doesn't have any time for his family. He also helps list the mattresses. I guess. <laughs> I know. Do the warehouse work. Oh my gosh, it's silly. But that is the trope of this movie. He's the dad that's working too much and never spends time with his kid. Yeah, you get the his wife, Rita Wilson, played admirably by Rita Wilson. She's always good. Mm-hmm. Is like, don't miss little Jamie's karate class. He's going to get his belt today. Yeah, graduation up to a new belt level. And then he's, oh, I'm going to be there. And, of course, he doesn't make it. He gets pulled over because he's trying to get past traffic because he left late and <laughs> all this kind of stuff. So, okay, so the highlight of this movie to me, the highlight was getting to see Phil Hartman again. Yes. I love Phil Hartman. Rest in peace, Phil Hartman. I don't even want to go there what happened to Phil Hartman. Let's just focus on the fact that he was an awesome actor, Mm -hmm. and I've never not liked him in anything. He's always been good in everything. There you go. And even though he's such a creepo in this role. (laughs) Super creepy. It doesn't matter. It's a delight. He (laughs) plays it so well. 
to me, there's a little bit of stiffness, but I kind of justified it for myself because his character is super creepy. Yeah. Like, it's all innuendo. Everything is over mm-hmm. the top. Like, you know what he means when he's saying completely different words. But it's it's almost a little stilted, and I guess that's so like to make it go over kids' heads a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to make it, they're trying to make it go over kids' heads. It's a he's, family movie. He's there for the parents, absolutely. That that character is one hundred percent there for the parents. And as someone seeing it as a full adult, and I didn't see it as a I was a full adult when it was around the first time. Anyway, yep. I guess that played the best for me. That character played the best for me. Plus, it was played by Phil Hartman, absolutely. And I mean, come on, Phil Hartman playing against Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't have a chance. No. Sorry, Arnold. Yep. You need to be like punching things and blowing <laughs> things up when you're going against this world class actor. You're going against Phil Troy Hartman. McClure, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I did have a funny moment though, like for that first scene, my brain just automatically defaulted. It's like, oh, that's uh, that's Tom Arnold. This is going to be True Lies again. I'm like, that's not Tom Arnold. It took me a second. It was like, oh, that's Phil Hartman. Even better. Because <laughs> they both could play that creepy kind of role. But Phil Hartman does an excellent job. But he's the good neighbor. He's the one that says, ah, oh, Turbo Man, I got one of those under the tree. Bought one last month for little little Johnny or whatever. His, yeah, his name was Little Johnny. Was yes. it? Okay. <laughs> it's the same with Johnny. I figured I could go with the trope and it'd probably be right because there's so many of them in this oh, yeah. movie. So, of course, he gets home late and, is, and little Anakin's all upset at him. <laughs> it's like he's sand or something. Ah. And, <laughs> and and he's like, oh, what can I do to make it up for you? And he's like, I want the Turbo Man action figure. With the turbo jetpack and the turbo yeah. missiles and the turbo boom, the turbo rang. Tur- turbo rang? Yeah, something like turbo that. Turbo rang, yeah. You know, and he's like, ah, yes, we'll get that for you. And then he talks to his wife, and she's like, yeah, I told you to get that like two months ago. You got it, right? Oh, yeah, of course I got it. Liar. Yeah. What a jerk. (laughs) But Arnold's a disappointment. He can't keep disappointing. He's like, no, I got it covered. How hard can it be to go find a toy on Christmas? This Howard Langston's a total disappointment. That guy, (laughs) I don't. I've, I I never I, whatever I'll, we'll get there. <laughs> it's just, yeah, he's uh, anyway. So the next morning is Christmas Eve, literally last day to do it. And they're okay. First of all, there's so many things about this movie. Like, what are you doing? Oh, you, you need to be there for the Christmas parade. Who has a Christmas parade on Christmas Eve? Nobody yet. No municipality has a Christmas parade on Christmas Eve. People, Apparently, it's a big deal though. They do it every year. Yeah. Well, it's silly. <laughs> No one has a Christmas parade on Christmas Eve. No, it's the weekend before. Come yes, on. always. Or day of. People are too busy. Uh, anyway, oh, we're going to make cookies and decorate the tree and then go to the Christmas parade. That's but, it. but he's like, I got to go to work. And they're like, you're not working today, Dad. Well, how can you work today? And his wife's like, what the heck, Howard? And, of course, he lies again. Oh, I left the toy at the office. Because I already bought it. Yeah, I told you I bought it. I left it at the office. I got to go get it. Liar. <laughs> This movie should have been called Liar Liar. Well, I mean, he is a disappointment. They didn't say, like, he is a good salesman, but they set him up as a real bad dad. He's a terrible dad. (laughs) Through the whole thing. Uh, So he sets off on, this is where the adventure begins. Howard Langston is hitting the the Twin Cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul, looking for Turbo Man action figure. That's it. I was going to mention this later, but I was fully convinced the entire time watching it that this was in New York City. Yeah. It really doesn't seem like Minnesota at all. Like, I know it is because we see the Mall of America in a little bit, but the whole time I'm like, oh, yeah, this is in New York City. Duh. <laughs> but it has that vibe because it goes all over the place. But this, the first stop is the first toy store that I guess is the closest to him or maybe near his work. Yeah, and that's what there's a huge long line of everyone waiting for it to open, and that's where we meet Sinbad's character. Sinbad! Myron Larrabee. Yeah, Myron Larrabee. And <laughs> Myron, again, with the names. I guess this is Minnesota. Well, uh, I guess. Originally meant to be played by Joe Pesci. Uh, did this happen before or after Twins? No, that's Danny DeVito. Okay, okay, never mind. I'm way off. Joe Pesci. I'd buy it, but. Yeah. Would it have been better? Uh, I, I like Sinbad. Sinbad was one of those stand-up comedy specials that was yeah. always on when yep. I was growing up because yep. it was like kind of like he was never really blue. Like he was family uh-huh. f- friendly, you know, talking about his mom and his family and growing up. And it was always on uh-huh. like, talking about his mom. She had that long arm. You can't run from me. So <laughs> I remember so many of Sinbad bits. So I, I was happy to see Sinbad in here. Well, they give him a great big long stand-up monologue, basically. That's it. Where he goes off on like the materialism of 
Christmas making you buy this toy. And That's it. Everybody's yeah. got to stand in line. Your kid wants one thing. And you got to be out here in the cold. And you got to get it. And everybody wants it. And, like, I guess that's supposed to be the underlying theme to this movie is a comment on the materialism of Christmas. Mm -hmm. But I think this is one of the two instances where they sort of just talk about it at all other yeah. than to show what's about to happen with slapstick in the toy store. But, yes, Myron gets his own bit. Yeah. And then, of course, they go in the toy store, and this is when the first bit of chaos ensues. It just keeps getting chaotic. There's so much slapstick. They're throwing people into shelves. They're, like, knocking people over. They're, like, choking people out. It's crazy town. It's nuts. It is so... 25 years, we forget. Yes. It is so violent. <laughs> I mean, it is like... I'm, I was sitting there going, like, oh, my gosh. Yep. They could not make this movie today at all. Nope. It is so violent. Although there, I mean, like you look at a, some of those Black Friday videos, and you're like, "Oh, this kind of happens in real life." I know. I get maybe that's why it's not funny anymore. <laughs> oh, that's probably true. There you go. You no, know, I don't know, because Home Alone is so violent, but it's still funny. True. This so, is just people wanting, wanting yeah. toys. Yeah. This I wasn't laughing. Now he gets to the area where, and there's no Turbo Man there, and All then he out. gets laughed at. That happens. That's where Chris Parnell is, like from Saturday Night Live. Is Doctor Leo Saturday Night Live? Man, yeah. Chris um, Parnell is one of the store clerks. Yeah. That's such a weird scene though, because like first he asked, you know, he asked the clerk, he's like, Do you have any do you have any turbo man? He's like, Oh, this guy wants a turbo man. And he turns to his coworker and they're all laughing. And then he turns to another lady, and then he shouts it to the whole store and he's like, This guy's looking for Turbo Man. Yeah, and, the, and the whole <laughs> store laughs at him. It was so weird. It was it was bizarre. It's <laughs> such a like, okay, like it, it, it's supposed to be slapstick or funny, but this has a creepy edge to it. Yeah, I know. Like it was, all these people are really mean to <laughs> mean to was, Arnold. I know. It was weird. I didn't uh, whatever. So, so that yeah, we literally get. The, I think that's when they cut to the store after store montage, montage of people laughing at, at his face. That's it. What a wonderful postcard for the Twin Cities area up there. Apparently, customer service is like the worst in the nation. They'll just laugh at the you know customers always right unless he wants a turbo man when they're all sold out. What a doof. Maybe that's what people mean when they say Minnesota nice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it was out of context and they were they were laughing because they're like, where are you from? And he was like, born and raised here. They're like, nobody. <laughs> he may be a Howard, but you can't trick us with that. <laughs> I do like, there. this is another example of the theme, I guess, but during the montage, they, they go by a movie theater and the marquee says, Turbo Man, the motion picture. And so that means like, they're just talking about what was actually happening in the 90s. Like, you had a toy, you had a TV show, you had a movie, you had the action figure, you had the people in costumes, you had the parade. Like, everything was a tie-in. Everything was like, buy our stuff. Isn't mm -hmm. this cool stuff? <laughs> yeah. Kind of funny to see those little hints. So this is where, after that, he goes to the Mall of America. Because it's the Mall of America. Come on. They have to have Turbo Man in there somewhere. That's true. But there is one quick beat. Uh, we do get a creepy Ted scene. After oh, the montage, yeah, yeah, yeah. he calls home to check on his wife and, I guess, let her know what's up. Be like, hey, I might not make the parade because I'm a bad dad. But Ted answers the phone and always like, it's like, oh, your wife's cookies, they're so good. <laughs> I have to get this recipe. Oh, your wife's cookies. And then Arnold goes, put the cookie down now. <laughs> and it's such a ripoff of all his old action lines. Like, get down now. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Get in the jabba. <laughs> yeah. Don't touch my cookies. That's where the creepy Ted. That was one of the best scenes to me because it was just Phil Hartman. He actually wasn't acting with Arnold because he was just had the phone, so he wasn't having. <laughs> it was just Phil Hartman doing some acting with the cookies and stuff, being his wonderfully schmarmy self. It was so schmarmy, so it was so funny. <laughs> you go up and take a shower. It was so creepy. <laughs> oh man! But I mean, it was again best part of the movie was Phil Hartman for me. But then you're right. We do go to the Mall America because. This is one of the most ridiculous scenes in the movie oh to me. Not only do Myron and uh, and Howard cross paths again on the street right. after this montage, right? Let's work together. And I want to work a lot. I don't understand what the dynamic is supposed to be between these two. It's it's very strange. When I was watching it, I can see like there's bones of a movie that doesn't get as badly rated on Rotten Tomatoes as this one does. Yes, and I don't want to knock on Arnold too much, but if you had like. A Steve Martin in there? If you cast it with the Planes Trains guys, yep. Steve Martin and John Candy? Yes. I think you get a Christmas classic. Yeah. I don't know if, if you'd have that, if it'd even work with that crazy slapstick, but I mean, 
I'd believe it, but maybe that's what they're trying to rip off because, like, for planes, trains, and automobiles, they are really antagonistic towards each other for right, most right, of the movie. Right. Like, it helps that John Candy is, like, keeps trying and he's the good guy, and neither Arnold or Sinbad do that. Like, yeah. Myron is, we get the sense that he's a good guy, even though he's a, a mailman working on Christmas Eve and doesn't deliver a single letter or package. Yeah, no. Doesn't do his job. He's just running around toy stores. But he seems, of, of the two guys, he seems like the better guy, but they never really get that buddy chemistry. I, I, I'm with you. We do get the funny scene where they're trying to team up and it doesn't work out. And suddenly somebody's running down the street and they go, and he just yells out to nobody. It goes, the mall has a late delivery of Turbo Man action figures. Hurry! And gets in his car and speeds off. Oh, yeah. Why is that guy there? Why is he yelling that out in the street? I know. It's like... <laughs> it was like, oh, crap. We need to get to the next scene. Quick. Have an extra run out. Say this line. So oh, they both go, oh, gosh, we need to go to the mall. Boy. I know, and like, was that in the script? Is that <laughs> part of the worst director of the 21st century's it's just, decisions? I don't know. There's so many examples of parts in this movie that are just like, this happens because reasons, and that was one of the most egregious to me, and I was like, man, that is that is hilarious writing. But so, <laughs> they now know that there's going to be some Turbo Man toys at the mall. Yeah, they go to the Mall of America to a toy store there. I didn't laugh a lot in this movie. I have to say, it's supposed to make you laugh. I didn't laugh a lot. I got you. There were a few things that amused me. Like I said, Phil Hartman amused me through the whole thing. And one thing that amused me was, is at the store, I don't know why this stuck out to me. It was funny to me. Yes. That that the manager of the store had one of those like microphone toy things. Yes. Like with him around his neck <laughs> that he was using as a the, the toy amplifier. Yeah. It was I don't know why that was funny to me. It was. I think, well, if I had to speculate, it's probably because you worked at a toy store and you can appreciate yeah, that sort I of like, so. oh my God, I need to talk over this crowd. Quick, hand me that toy megaphone. <laughs> we have bouncy balls with numbers on them. Please do not panic. Of course, yeah. And then riot ensues and bouncy <laughs> balls go everywhere. The longest bouncy ball montage in a movie, I'm going to say ever. <laughs> ever. It's like seven minutes. I mean, it's cool because we get to see how malls used to be Is that awesome. where Arnold gets maced by... Well, he gets he gets purse smacked by a whole bunch of moms at the. Well, end that's of the like, no, but at one point Myron maces him in the face. Yeah, that's this. That's this. He there's, like there's more violent slapstick, like it, people charging over each other for the bouncy balls because they end up like spilling. Yeah, but they're knocking people on the shelves again. They're pushing people over. They're tripping on remote control cars. They're choking each other out. Arnold gets maced. That's it. And then he's like, he has two balls. He has two. He has two. And then they like all dogpile him, and then he starts saying Rodney King. Rodney King. That is not appropriate. Not for a family movie. No. That shows you that the 90s were a different time. They are a different time. OMG, dude. <laughs> I was like, are you what? Yeah. That, that, <laughs> what? That, that one does not stand the test of time. Not at all. That was like, I was like, oh. <laughs> but that means movies have gotten better. We realized that... <laughs> Uh, maybe Sinbad Sinbad should have had a rewrite on that one. Oh, gosh. Anyway, uh, so the bouncy ball gets in the hands of some little girl who Arnold starts, like, following around the playground. Yep. Gets in the ball pit. He's like, no, I need that ball. And she's like, "Mm mm-mm, sticks it in her mouth. He starts grabbing this little girl. He's like, I need that ball. But then an awesome team of mom comes out of the woodwork and they start beating him with purses and calling him a pervert. So at least they're calling him out there. But I'm not a pervert. I'm not a pervert. Oh, my gosh. A weird scene. That was weird. But it was cool to get the memory of like the height of mall popularity because like that's yeah, back yeah. when malls were awesome. Mm-hmm. And as much as I didn't want to watch a bouncy ball for seven minutes, it was cool to see like, <laughs> oh, yeah, look at the mall. Look at that store. Oh, cool. Yeah, but this scene did lead to one of my favorite little scenes. Yes. And that is the introduction of Jim Belushi and Danny Woodburn. Oh, yeah. Jim Belushi is Santa, Danny Woodburn's his elf. Not a, not just any Santa, the epitome of mall Santa. Yes. He's like, when did, was this before Bad Santa? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's OG Bad Santa. Because he's like, hey, pal, hey, hey, buddy, hey, pal. Yeah. You coming over here? It's like, I, I know where we can get you a Turbo Man doll on the like black market, essentially, is what he's hinting at. It was great. And yeah. I love how like they had a picture <laughs> had a picture of him with a newspaper holding the Turbo Man. How they used to do like old hostage pictures. <laughs> so you know it was current. Oh, that was really funny. That and, whole that whole thing was funny. And then the cop walks by and Jim Belushi like cuts off at like talking to Arnold. He's like, oh, ho, 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 officer, nothing to see here. And he's like, all right, meet me in the back alley in yeah, 20 minutes. It was great. That 
was great. And it leads us to my favorite scene in this entire movie. Is it the... The, the, the Secret Santa Club. The Secret the, Santa Club. The yeah. warehouse factory. Yeah, there's some like mob run warehouse full of Santas. That right when you get there, one has a secret knock that's Jingle Bells. Knock, <laughs> knock, 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 knock. And then the door opens up and he goes, password. And he goes, Jingle Bells, Batman smells. <laughs> that's your password for a Secret Santa Club. Come on now. Oh my gosh. So yeah, Jim Belushi and Danny Woodburn lead Arnold to this like black market factory where they're making toys that Belushi says, oh, we're doing it for the kids. You know, there aren't enough toys for the kids out there, so we're trying to cash in on it and make a little scratch while we do so, and we make it all for the kids. And he's like, here, we got a Turbo Man doll for you. It'll be $300. Yeah. Even in 90s money, that's, that's like, that's what? A lot, that's a lot of money. But he forks it over. He's desperate. And he does the smart thing, though. I thought he was going to take it and walk off, but he opens the he opens it. He's he's been, he's invested too much time to not not uh, take chances, I guess. And then it's like it's only speaks Spanish apparently, and it's broken and it falls apart. Yeah, yeah it falls apart. So then Arnold starts getting testy, and it leads to uh, Santa Fight Club. Yeah, Santa Fight. Well, here's the thing: Howard Links of the mattress salesman. Why? How does he know how to fight like that? This this movie. Does not fit the narrative. It's not based in this universe at all. It doesn't follow this movie's laws. I can almost bet $100 on the fact that they're like, hey, we're making an Arnold movie. We got to have at least one fight scene. No, yeah, I know. That's what he's known for. I know. Let's have him fight a whole bunch of Santas, a ninja Santa with nunchucks, a giant Russian like bruiser Santa. That was the big show, I think. Oh, was it really? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, and Vern Troyer's in there, too. Yep, as, as his little buddy. Yeah. But yeah, the, the big bruiser guy gets the best line. He's like, I'm going to deck your halls, bub. <laughs> <laughs> but we get oh a fight my scene. My one complaint is that we we, we have a seven-minute bouncy ball montage. Uh, there's a, a seven-minute jetpack scene at the end of this movie that we'll talk about. And then this fight scene's like 30 seconds. I'm like, come on. If you're going to go silly, like, at least go whole hog. Yeah, the, the one of the things is, is this movie, like, it starts off like, Okay, I get it. Like we're saying, it kind of starts off with planes, trains, automobile ripoff vibes. Yeah, yeah. And then it just like ramps up. Like this is where it goes crazy. Yep. It goes from like, you know, the bouncy ball thing, I get it, haha, all this kind of stuff. But once you get into this bad Santa club, as you call it, <laughs> it's it's like, what is happening right now? Why does he have candy cane nunchucks? This, it literally, it's like, okay, we're just going to Cartoonville. It's like he went to Toontown. <laughs> Like we okay, we did thirty minutes of setup. Turn up the crazy. Yeah, they turn up the crazy to eleven. But the fists are flying, the puns are flying, the little people are flying. It's chaos. And then the the cops show up. Uh, <laughs> it's the Grinch. Scatter. That's what Danny says. He calls the cops the Grinch instead of the fuzz. I love it because he's a, he's an elf. He's got to stay in character. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, it's the Grinch. Scatter. And then of course Arnold gets to pretend to be a cop for a minute to get out of that situation because yeah. that's works in movies yeah that was yeah he he grabs there's this box full of fake badges <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh that looks real enough he's like i'm detective john kimball i'm a copy with you <laughs> <laughs> and they just let him walk out after yeah. this this chaotic scene at a santa warehouse that i guess they're busting wide open and again it's like why do, how does he know how to do that he's just supposed to be a mattress salesman named howard Langston. But he has a whole, ba whole backstory. He's like, I've been working on this sting operation for three months and you all blew it. It's like, how does that work? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, but like I said, it, just, it seems like an excuse to watch Arnold fight and I'm glad it's in there because that's what I go to Arnold movies for. Especially if it's against a whole bunch of weird looking Santas. That's, just, that's hilarious to me. Uh, so then uh, he, he leaves there, runs out of gas, yep. <laughs> and has to stop at some diner where no one else is, because I guess everyone's going to the Christmas parade Yep. later on Christmas <laughs> Eve, whatever. And, of course, here's here comes Myron again. They're thrust together again. Because they walk the same path, I guess. <laughs> but we also get to see Myron uh, come sit next to him at the counter, pull out a bottle of bourbon, pour it into both their drinks, leave the bottle on the counter, and, like, take pulls of it every three lines like this is a family movie <laughs> i know right? and myron's in full full uniform like i kind of love it because it has cliff clavin vibes i've been watching too much cheers so that's all i can think of because like they both had the same amount of information and facts and knowing how the system works but like he's sitting there like just chugging bourbon on the job i'm like <laughs> not wow. only chugging bourbon on the job but 
he tells he tells Howard Langston about how he's trying to get this toy because he didn't get the toy he wanted, and it made him a failure, which made him a postman. Which I guess post uh, postal workers are failures. Okay, movie. Okay, Hollywood. <laughs> Sorry, all our friends who are postal workers. You guys do a great job. One hundred percent. How many go? He, they even reference going postal in this movie. I mean, come on. Yep. But then Howard looks over and sees him as Jake Lloyd. There's Jake Lloyd. Little Anakin dressed as <laughs> dressed as the mailman, and he starts chucking the bomb. <laughs> he starts drinking the bomb. I'm like, what are you doing? And I get that it's a nightmare scene, like it's supposed to be Arnold's wake up call. That maybe, oh, he's being a bad dad too. But like, they actually put Jake Lloyd. They're like, here, kid, just put this bottle to your lips. Act like you're you're falling out of life, and then Arnold's gonna react to you with like, what? He even like he even does like the like when he like. <laughs> Props to Jake Lloyd. Yeah, I bought it. I know. But you're going to make a kid do that in a family movie? Come on now. Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, the materialism of this, I'm a bad dad because my my kid's going to become a failure because I don't get him a toy. Yeah, the toy is the only solution oh. over any parenting or any yeah. moral dilemma or being a better person. Really? Yes. it's If you get this toy, all things in life will work out. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, a, that's on the nose. Yeah. No. Anyway. They hear that the, the, there's a radio announcement. There's a radio announcement on the radio saying that are you looking for a Turbo Man? I got a Turbo Man. If if you um, name me the reindeer, and then of course he tries to call and they fight over it and they break the phone and then the guy at the the another helpful stranger yeah is like is like oh the radio station is only two blocks of that away because he knows that and that's the, that convenient. <laughs> This movie, I love it. They're just like, here's your explanation. Don't think about it too hard. Here comes the next scene. Oh, uh, so they run over the radio station together. Dasha Dancer Prance of Vixen Comic Cubadonna Blitzen. Dasha Dancer Prance of Vixen Comic Cubadonna Blitzen. Oh my god. That's I mean, that's silly. Having Arnold know, recite the reindeer as he's running away. And then taunting Sinbad by like being like, I can do this forever. I'm having a good time. Bye. I'm gonna start running faster now. <laughs> Again, why can he do that? There's no backstory. There's no backstory about him being like a former Olympian or nope. something. I mean, gosh. It's that mattress training. That's all he needs. <laughs> and here we get to the radio station and the DJ is Martin Mull, which is funny. Oh, absolutely. That's a callback. Yep. Mr. Ponytail Man. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where it's like, you guys are, they're evil now. They are. They're straight evil. Yep. I mean, it's one thing to be like, fighting other parents for a thing. I mean, mom mentality and stuff, but now it's one-on-one stuff. Yep. And they're ready to like kill this DJ for a toy. For a toy. And here's Myron going like, "I there's a bomb. I have a bomb. bomb I'm going to blow you up if you don't give me that toy." In this kids movie. If you don't give me this toy, I'm going to blow you up. I 1996 mean- everybody. <laughs> it was way before any terrorist stuff happened. I don't know what Home Alone did it to make Joe Pesci be on, being on fire okay, but the tone is all wrong, I guess. I don't know what it is. This scene disturbed me. Yeah. It was not okay. <laughs> and I'm not, like, super sensitive or anything. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> it went real hard on that joke. Yeah, yeah, it was real hard. And so then they find out that he just has a gift certificate. He doesn't actually have a Turbo Man. Yeah, and that the bomb's not actually a bomb. It's just a music box, and yeah. Myron was just pulling a con. Yeah, and then the police show up, and then Myron does it again. <laughs> and this time it's a real bomb. <laughs> and they blow the police up. Now they do cut to a, the, a cartoon. Like, when the police first blew up, yeah. I was like... Did they just kill all those police? What? Yes. And then they cut to suddenly this movie's is like a Looney Tunes thing. Oh, it's a cartoon, yeah. yeah. And the and the cop who was holding the bomb just is like all like he's got the yeah the whole smoky face smoky, and the hair yeah, all blown out yeah. like like a cartoon character yeah. would after with stick exactly. of dynamite or and, the exploding cigars right. So it's like what is, I mean uh, yeah I, uh, I guess it's extreme. It's super cartoonish. I do I do kind of have to laugh at the fact that they pulled the same joke twice and it was actually turned out how you thought it would go the second time. Yeah. I mean, that's a nice misdirection, but it's you're, you're joking about bomb threats in a kid's movie. I know. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> but because of the bomb threat, they both get away, but they go their separate ways, and Arnold's back at his burnt-down car. That was actually funny. <laughs> his car's on blocks, and it says, like, Merry Christmas. Hey, if those people, in Minnesota, if those people in Minnesota are going to choke you out for a toy, yeah, they're going to take every part of your car, too, if you leave it there for too long. 
And but they put Merry Christmas on it because people up there are nice. <laughs> we fixed your car for you by making it not work at all. Oh man. Uh, but then so he has to get home, and the tow truck is a convenient way to do it. Yep. And the tow truck pulls up, and Arnold gets out, and he looks through the window, and he sees Ted. Putting the star on his tree. That's his job. Another man in his house putting an, it's another man putting a star on his tree. Uh-huh. And, and so that makes Arnold, who we've already established is kind of a crappy dude anyway. A as very a very crappy dude. Uh, decides to level up his crappy. I guess he learned something from Myron. He's like, wait, Ted had the toy. I remember. He said, yeah, it's tucked away under the tree. Under the tree. Under the tree. <sighs> and Arnold's like, I think it's under the tree. And so he goes to break into the house he and steals this, his house. steal this kid's toy. And then sets the house on fire and punches a reindeer in the face. <laughs> I mean, what is going on? This guy's terrible. Aren't you supposed to root for the protagonist? I was, like, hoping he'd fail at this point. I was rooting for the reindeer because that yeah. was hilarious just to have. I mean, they did set, like, they did introduce the reindeer earlier in the yeah, movie, yeah. so it didn't just show up and you're like, there's reindeer now? Yeah. So props for that. Yeah, but- Ted had a reindeer because he <laughs> likes Christmas a lot, so he rented a reindeer for his kid. But it attacks Arnold, and Arnold just punches the crap out of it. Yeah, and it's like, is that funny? I guess. I mean, were they trying to do like a Blazing Saddles thing? Because it didn't work like it did in that movie. No. Where he punches the horse out. No. Uh, They do resolve it here in a minute, but this is where we get the crux of like, Arnold does have a change of heart. He sees, I guess it's Jake's drawing, Jake Lloyd's drawing, and he's like, oh, I guess I am a bad dad. I have to start being better now. He's like, I'm not going to steal from a kid. You know, I'm going to do this. And then the house burned down. The cops show up. Liz shows up. His wife, Ted, shows up. And they're like, were you planning on stealing that toy? He's like, uh, I was, but no, now I'm not. Now I'm a good person. Let me explain everything. And they're like, we're going to the parade without you, jerk. Yeah, too little, too late, Dad. Let's. And then he gets drunk with a reindeer. That's the resolution. And that's... What? <gasps> That's what you do after you have a fight. You sit down with the person you fought, and he said, sorry, buddy, we both got some scrapes in, but have a sip of this bourbon that I stole off of Myron at the diner, oh probably. Gosh. I think part of the problem is, because I mentioned Blazing Saddles, not on, it just came to my mind, not on purpose, but there's certain movies like that that are cartoons from the jump. Absolutely. They're ridiculous from go. Yeah. And I think part of the problem I have with this movie is it, it doesn't start off ridiculous. It starts off like, oh, here's family movie. Yeah. You know, kid who wants the toy, and then it like just goes crazy, goes ridiculous for no other reason than just to go crazy. Like, yeah, it's like justify. It's like meeting someone, and you're like, oh, this is a nice guy. I'm gonna hang around with you for a while. (laughs) You know, he's like, he's he's like, ah, I like to carve tattoos in my own arm with my knife. You're like, what? (laughs) I like to beat up twelve Santas in my free time. It's like, what? You hate Christmas that bad? But let me tell you about this one time I got drunk with a reindeer. It's like, what? Yeah, That's how you're going to start the story? I, I know. It just goes crazy. Oh, one time I broke into my neighbor's house and set it on fire because I was trying to steal a toy from his kid. And then I then I got drunk with a reindeer. But I had to change a heart, so it's going to turn out all right. We got 20 minutes left in the movie. It's got, we got we to gotta resolve it. This kid's movie. What? That's so crazy. That's so crazy. So... Anyway, he is a change of heart, so I'm gonna go to the. I have. To, I can make the Christmas parade. I want to go see the Christmas parade if with I can my do one kid. thing right. It's gonna be the parade. Yeah, it's gonna be the parade. And then we have we have Ted being super creepy in the car again. I don't mind Ted being creepy. I know that's for the parents. I guess I don't know why. I don't mind. I guess because it's Phil Hartman and he's good. And, yeah. Oh, and, absolutely. And Reed Wilson does a good job of like not falling into his like. She's does a good job of. Like pushing them away and being, I'm not. I'm right there with you. They, it's it's a weird sort of beat because they do give her some agency. Like yeah, they they show her having arguments and fights with Howard. You know, mm-hmm. she's disappointed in him like his son is. So they set that all up to make you think they're just going to do the trope of, oh, my husband doesn't love me. Ted's here. Like, let's see what Ted's all about. But she's like, no, Ted, you're you're weird. You're weird, and I'm going to smack you upside the head with this eggnog. <laughs> Non alcoholic eggnog. Yeah, not. That had a that had <laughs> roofies in it all day. You know it. That's called Christmas spice. <laughs> it's cinnamon. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah. No, like uh, yeah, I'm with you. They gave her some agency. It was that was a nice little beat for that, but creepy Ted, man. Rita Wilson, I saw in an interview, she kinda isn't really happy that you made this was in this movie. <laughs> and I guess she's there's another Christmas movie she's in called Mixed Nuts. 
Yeah, Steve, that's a Steve Martin one. Yeah, and she's like, watch that. Don't oh, watch I, this. I, I'm with Rita on that one. <laughs> well, Mixed Nuts isn't a, isn't a family movie, so you get a little bit edgier there, and it's Steve yeah. Martin, but that's funny. Anyway, <laughs> I just it just made me think of that since we're talking about readables. And oh, now i got to go watch Mixed Nuts again. And so, and again, for reasons, well, not for reasons, he... He shows up and runs into the police officer that got blown up. It's always the same police officer. Yeah. It's the police officer. Robert that, Conrad? Robert Conrad. Yeah. Um, my brain wanted it to be Ted Knight so bad. Like, <laughs> I, It seems like they wanted Ted Knight, but he was busy because they write that character like Ted Knight from Caddyshack. Yeah. It's like, well, we're waiting. You know, it's like yeah. that type of attitude in a cop. But he's the one that pulled him over at the beginning, so he was late for the karate meeting. Uh, Arnold runs into him like trying to chase down that old lady for the toy. Knocks he's, his bike over. So he's, he's a, a, a repeat bad guy yeah. who's a cop who's doing his job. Who does not seem like a bad guy at all. Exactly. I was rooting for the cop. Exactly. Not Arnold. Arnold was the bad guy. He knocked over his bike. He knocked over his coffees. <laughs> he didn't do anything wrong. He's a jerk. I know. And then he like locks coffee onto his burnt hands. Ugh. So then he gets chased. And then Arnold ends up running through the wrong or right door, depending on who you're rooting for in this movie. Uh, for the narrative, it's the perfect door because yeah. that's the only door you can get into so we can get to the next scene. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's mistaken, I guess because of the traffic earlier, yeah. the, the guy who was supposed to dress up as Turbo Man in the parade couldn't be there. And Arnold is a big dude for reasons. <laughs> so they think he's the one who's supposed to be in the suit. So they start dressing him up. It's like, your cue's going to be this. Here's your headset. The suit all fixed. We figured out the flight pattern. The guy, the last guy that did it is going to live. He almost died, but good news, he's going to be all right. That was actually kind of funny. <laughs> we think we worked out the kinks, yeah, but... Uh, that was actually kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was, it was funny seeing Booger again. <laughs> as, as Booster, the, as the Booster, sidekick. Okay. I was like, that's Booger from uh, Revenge, Revenge of the, of the Nerds. Nerds. With that same attitude, is like about time he showed up. Are he you ready to do this? He's also in. Isn't he also in Better Off Dead or One Crazy Summer? He's in one of those ones uh, with One Crazy Summer. Yeah, with John Cusack. Yeah, with John Cusack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, John Cusack. Well, maybe the it other is one Better too. Off Dead. I forget which one it is, but he's in one of those ones. Yeah. That's just as an '80s kid watching those movies, Revenge of the Nerds, and the the John Cusack turns and those things, and he shows up in a lot of things. So seeing him again was kind of like, oh, it's Booger. He usually plays the schmarmy bad guy really well. Yeah. And he, he, they don't really give him too much time here. He, you know, he's in a costume, but it's yeah. kind of funny. It's a cameo for sure. Attitude for the, the bit. But now we get to see Arnold is Turbo Man. And it turns into a Shark Boy and Lava Girl movie. It really does. Like the yeah. superheroes that you saw on TV are now superheroes in real life. And they actually exist. And the stuff actually works. Like the, the, the turbo bullets and the turbo rang and the jetpack and the... And the fist that the guy that... Cause, and Myron is the bad guy now? Maybe that's why they made him so antagonistic throughout the movie, just to set up that beat. Like, oh, it makes sense that he's the bad guy. They've been fighting this whole movie, but did he run, run in the wrong door too? Yeah. Did he beat up the guy that was supposed to be Dementor and knew that Arnold was... Yeah, he was... did. He, he, they showed him tied up. Oh, but how do you know Arnold was going to be a turbo? Ah, that makes no sense. I know. It it's just reasons like, oh, we got to put them together again. And they both show up. Yeah, I think he just knew that there was the toy and he wanted to get the toy. Uh, okay. Because the whole the whole bit was, spoiler, <laughs> was that the, the turbo man in the Christmas parade was going to give a special edition turbo man doll to one lucky kid. One special child. In the audience. <laughs> and of course, selfish <laughs> Howard Langston is like, there's my kid. I choose you, Jamie. Conveniently located right next to the float where we yeah. stop. Oh, I see you. Yes. But uh, real cute for Jake Lloyd to be like, Turbo Man knows my name because he calls him Jamie to differentiate him from the crowd. And he's like, the superhero knows my name. I'm like, that's right, little kid. It's still your dad. And he's kind of still a jerk. <laughs> but also, too, the whole time when he's like doing stuff with him, he's like, like, your dad is the only guy in Minnesota who talks like that. Which just happens that the Turbo Man talks just like, haven't you? You watch the show. Yeah, the you sh know Turbo Man doesn't sound like that. He sounds like Superman. He's like, it's Turbo time. <laughs> Up and at them. Yeah. He's super like American white guy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
I think that's one of the things that Rita Wilson said in the interview was like, how did we not know that was him? And they don't for like, no. like I said, this is where we see this is the jetpack montage I yes. mentioned earlier that goes on for far too long. Like we get it. Jetpacks are hard to fly, but for some reason they exist in the world. The military doesn't know about it, but <laughs> this action figure movie property does. But Arnold figures it out. He goes into the stratosphere. He smokes out. He does a nosedive and then runs headfirst into a building. Yeah, and just more cartoony just stuff. Just stays there. Just kind of blah, 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 yeah, blah, like blah, Bobbles like an arrow, like a cartoon would. And then falls down. He's like, oh, I figured out how to use my jetpack now. Time to go save my kid. It's like, what? Yeah, and, and Myron is like, I guess they're trying to do a callback to the first scene where we actually see the, the mentor guy yep. taking the son of the president now the son of the president is jamie this time in this scene and he's like running he's like running away from like never the the, the kids like climbing such dangerous things and you know myron is you know i don't care nope i want that toy Uh, give me that toy kid that's the solution to all my life's problems is that toy and then of course we we need our happy ending right (laughs) so myron gets bested and by turbo man and everyone thinks it's part of the show. Yep. And then, like, it's revealed that, oh, no, it's me. I'm the old father. And, and then little Jamie's like, oh, no, this guy who scared the crap out of me for the past 10 minutes. Who dangled me off the who side. Who dangled of me off the I, I think he should have this as he's getting taken away to jail for violating all kinds of things. And they were like, oh, he's the guy who blew us up. Here, give this toy to your son. Guess what? That guy's son isn't going to see him for, well, 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 like 10 to life. Or so. <laughs> I don't know what the charge is. I think when you blow up cops, it's a pretty bad thing. I think I think it's at least a, a chunk of change. Yeah, right? It's like, oh, so here, son, here's this limited edition Turbo Man action figure. I'll see you in 25 years when I get out of jail. You better not be a postman. <laughs> what is happening? I forget who what the who the reviewer was that said it, but I was reading something along the lines of like the scene resolves and like everybody's happy, the parade is cheering, everybody's happy again. Like Jamie's like, "Oh, my dad's Turbo Man," and Liz, his wife, is like, "Oh, you're Turbo Man." <laughs> and Arnold's like, "Yes, I'm a good guy now. I'm Turbo Man. I saved my son from certain death off the side of a building." But like that, there's no like it just resolves. Everybody's <laughs> like, "Oh, guess that's done. Yay, good job, everybody." <laughs> Parade's over. Go home. Like they just ran out of steam. They they didn't even try and justify. Like there wasn't even lines of like. I don't think Arnold apologizes no. or like. No, there is an end credit scene in this movie though. There is, and that that's crazy. But, Which is funny. But that's it's like that's where we resolve it. Turbo Man laughs. They walk off the screen, and it's roll credits. It's like okay, right? That's it. The end. <laughs> but the end credit scene was like the one time Ashley laughed out loud. In this go. whole movie, it was there the end go. credit scene. Yep. And I just think it's because I'm a husband. Oh, yeah. It is because a, the a, end credit scene's literally like, and I don't think Arnold acts at all in it, which might be why Rita Wilson is just like, you went through all that trouble to get Jamie that toy. What did you get me for Christmas? Or I wonder what you got me for Christmas. And then it's like fast zoom in on him going, Boo! but it, that's the, the stereotypical Arnold oh crap face. He's like, oh no, how am I going to get out of yeah. this? That and, made me laugh. Yeah, that, it's, it's a good bit. That's about it, though. <laughs> uh, but I, I had this thought, like, okay, so an after credit scene in 96, that's, like, way before I ever knew that after credit scenes were a thing. I know. Well, they had one in um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, okay. That precedes it. Absolutely. It's like, what are you still doing here? Yeah. Go home. Yeah. That just makes me curious, because I'm like, when did those start, and how many have I missed? So, but- Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and, uh, and also Ferris Bueller, that was John Hughes. Yes. And so, I don't know if, the, like, they're trying to pull some of those tropes in you know because like we said the beginning of this seemed like they were trying to do that planes trains like this guy's a jerk yep this guy's antagonistic yep but together they're gonna find out their humanity i get it yep which didn't happen in this at all but i mean they ran out of budget (laughs) i don't know if there's like they're pulling from like john hughes strings or what it it seems like they're pulling from a couple different properties, but not n- really knowing why they're pulling from them, and just sort of using them willy nilly. But I'm with you. But that makes me that makes me curious. Was John Hughes like the originator of the after credit scene? No, oh, I I don't know. I'm gonna have to rabbit hole that one. Have to check that out. Because like <laughs> I didn't know that that Jingle All the Way had an after credit scene until I saw it online mentioned. I was like, what? And I had to go back and watch it. 
So yeah, and also, I mean, there is that Chris Columbus John Hughes connection because they worked on Home Alone together. Uh, yep, yep, yep. So that's, right. that's maybe why we're smelling a little bit of that in here, because Chris Columbus all he took he rewrote the script and produced this movie. Okay, but I don't know if he has script writing credit. But I just read that he like rewrote the script a little bit. And then gave it to apparently the worst director ever, <laughs> and there we go. That 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 kind of does it. Like if it were, if there were script rewrites involved in this thing, that does sort of explain the like the helpful strangers and the random just meeting of chance. Because it's like we don't have time to explain any of this. Like we just got to get these scenes out of the way. So here's the glue that sort of holds them together. Let's go. We got ninety minutes. It does. It is. It is exactly ninety minutes. My favorite. Your Mikey's favorite. That's what I got. Put. One thing right. <laughs> So, but yeah, this it does come across as something that was written by two different people, not together. Yes, it has that unevenness. Oh, absolutely. To I, it. I'm with you. Yeah. So, Mikey, let's do jingle it. all the way. Out of eight slices of pizza, what do you give Arnold Schwarzenegger's 1996 film Jingle All the Way? Well, so like we set it up up front. I saw this in the theater at 13 years old as a huge Arnold fan. So I probably would have given it like a six or a seven just because it's a Christmas movie. It's wacky. It's got hijinks. It's crazy. Like it never stays still for too long. So that's perfect for my ADD brain, <laughs> especially as a kid. Uh, now uh, now I'm starting at sort of like zero slices and figuring out what I want to add, what I want to add slices for. Arnold still gets one. Even he's He's a total jerk in this movie, poorly written, but it's Arnold. <laughs> and he sells it. With that accent, he sells everything he does. <laughs> I like Sinbad. I like the Santa fight. I'm glad they threw that in there. And it, it like the slapstick had its weird beats, but the movie goes off the rails. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a it they it's so bad it's almost enjoyable. Like it <laughs> it, it gets into that territory, but really we're talking uh three slices. Yeah. Yep. Yes. This I'm with you. This movie's terrible. <laughs> this is the only reason why they can't do this on Mystery Science Theater is because everyone's too famous yep. in it. I don't think there's enough silence for them to but, insert jokes. In. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I was the same thing. I started I started being like, okay, what can I give a slice for? Yep. I'm giving Phil Hartman a slice. There you go. Because I just like seeing him again, and he does a yeoman's job in this. Absolutely. And I also really liked Jim Belushi's turn in it, and I liked seeing Danny Woodburn in there. That was great, too. But... I don't even think that I don't even want to give it another slice for that. <laughs> so I'll put toppings on the one slice. Oh, one slice topping. So I love it. I'll do it like one slice with pepperoni. That's that. I think that's our lowest, but I love it. But that's all I can give this thing because this movie is. I literally was like, "Why am I watching this movie? I'm watching it for the podcast." What? This I'm like, <laughs> I had to like, I wanted to turn it off. I get it. I it was this movie's terrible. <laughs> And I agree with Metacritic on this director because this his other list of movies, Brian Levant's other those movies are terrible too. Those are horrible movies. The Flintstones movie, yep, was terrible. That was a cash in, yeah. you know. Brown Child, Ooh. Snow Dogs killed. Um, what's who that guy who's in it? Cuba Gooding Jr. That killed his career. That movie killed his. That movie is known as killing his career. Yep. So I mean, this guy is like. <laughs> So, you know, if you see the name Brian Levant, you sort of hesitate a little bit and yeah. reassess. But uh, I had fun with the rewatch. Um, I probably, if I could have had a, a glass or two of alcoholic eggnog. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. It probably would have pushed it, it more into the so bad it's good category. Yeah. Because, uh, like, there are some beats. It's just, man, it, it's a mess is what it is. Yeah. Like, there's no justification. There's no explaining anything. It's just, here, here's wackiness for 90 minutes. All right, so, so we want to know from you guys. What'd you give it again? Three. I gave it three. Mikey gives it three slices plain. I plain. give it one slice with pepperoni on it. There you go. Which I think is like my worst ever, and I yours is that's pretty low for you too. That might be my lowest. Yeah, personal lowest. Oh, I do know that parts of the internet love this movie. So yes, that's what I'm gonna say. Okay. Yeah, there's people who love this movie. Uh, that's crazy. We want. <laughs> <laughs> but we want to hear from you, though. Yes, we want to hear from you. Let us know. Is this like your favorite movie? Are you like so angry right now? Are you incensed? Let us know. Please. Um, do you agree with us? Let us know. You can uh, hit us up at Assuming Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also, if you really want to rant at us, send us a Gmail. AssumingPositions at Gmail. 
dot com dot com mikey i always ask you how, what format would you like it sent in this can be a normal email you know, i know you you pick on me because i i pick fantastical message messages of delivery but this one can be a straight email but type it like you're using arnold's voice <laughs> like hello to whom it may concern i have a few complaints <laughs> it's not a tumor put the cookie down <laughs> dash a dance of prince of Dun. oh my gosh <laughs> yeah just arnold voice so we want to thank you guys so much for listening. We really hope you have a good holiday. Yes. Uh, we hope you had a good Hanukkah back when that happened. Uh, we hope you have a good Christmas, Kwanzaa, uh, Yule. What, Festivus for Festivus, the rest of us. Whatever you celebrate, we are for it all because we love celebrations of any kind. Yeah. Well, whatever it is. The, the, let's just have tons of fun out there uh, for the holiday. Enjoy your time off. Uh, we want to thank you so much for listening. We want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcing, Not Scott Productions for Equipment, Jazz R for our music, and we hope you guys have a great holiday. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. Ooh.